Switching mediation providers might seem like a pain in the ass, but it doesn't have to be. If you're thinking of making the transition from Mopub to IronSource, we've got you covered. First, we've created a dedicated tool that removes the manual work when migrating to IronSource mediation. Second, we'll be holding workshops with IronSource experts where you can have all your migration needs taken care of. And if you want to do it yourself, we also have technical documentation for migrating to IronSource mediation in our Knowledge Center. To learn more about these initiatives and begin monetizing with IronSource today, head to www.is.com forward slash migrate. That's www.is.com forward slash migrate. Do you have the tools to turn your insights into action? Let's be honest, not all marketing activities are created equal. AppSlyer's analytics suite simplifies its complex data and gives you a unified view of campaign performance so you can make better, faster marketing choices at every stage of the customer journey. The goal is to create exceptional experiences that keep customers engaged. To succeed, you need to meet your customers where they are. AppSlyer's customer experience and engagement suite powered by a reliable deep linking engine lets you create personalized journeys that increase conversion and return on every experience. In addition, AppSlyer is going to keep your budget safe from mobile ad fraud. Bots and click farms aren't going to generate revenue for you. That's why you need a comprehensive fraud protection solution to make sure you're investing in the right channels and only measuring and paying for real actions. Are you ready to start making good choices? Great. Go to appslyer.com and get yourself an attribution partner you deserve. Another video, number 2600. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah you, you're the OG of videos, but all right, let me let me do the intro. You threw me off because I'm like, I'm, now I'm like a, a guest in my own show. Anyway, so welcome everybody to the Deconstructor of Fun podcast. My guest today is Pat, Patrick Carney, aka Chief Pat. Now, most of you know Chief Pat because most of our audience is, is like very much into, into mobile gaming and mobile games business. But a little bit more, he's not just your average influencer. He's a founder and CEO of Tribe Gaming, an esports and influencer company for mobile games. Pat himself has 2.5 million subscribers, over 650 million views on YouTube lifetime. Like, man, <laughs> that's a lot of views. Uh, and what an intro. About You're gassing me up. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, let, me, let me talk about Tribe. Like, you think you got everything with just Pat's number? Let's go tribe. So, you know, over 20 creators, you got six, six esports teams, 32 million collective followers, over 100 million monthly views on YouTube, uh, partnering with the likes of Ford. Shout out to Ford. I also have a Ford. We're just talking about your Mac E. I, I don't have a Mac E. I have the, uh, the, um, the Escort, what you have in the US or Cuba here. Anyways, uh, enough about my car. Uh, investors like San, San Antonio Spurs. Um, you know, Christian Sagerstrolle, founder of Glue, founder of Playfish, founder of Super Evil Megacorp. Um, he's an investor here in company. Like I could just go on and on in the list, but you, you have a, you have a bit of a, bit of a, like a media empire. Are you a media mogul, Pat? I need you to do the intros to my YouTube videos. This is great. <laughs> I love this. Um, you know, yeah, I just, uh, I'm just some idiot who decided to download Clash of Clans one day back in 2012. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're just taking life where it goes, but having let, a lot of fun. 
I saw you first time in 2013 at Supercell's office in San Francisco. It wasn't like even super, it was Supercell's like a co-working space. Yes. And, and you were, you were in the corner, you had like your tower computer. I was like, who's this guy? And they're like, ah, oh, he's like, a, he's like a YouTube guy. <laughs> they're like, does that- he work for the company? I was like, nope, but he's just, he just likes to play, play Clash of Clans. I was like, all right, <laughs> what's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> it was uh and, that was my first trip ever actually like mm-hmm. visiting san francisco i remember i had two queen beds in my hotel room and mm-hmm. i thought i was the biggest baller of all time i was like not one two beds the weston mm-hmm. i mean this is awesome good times <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's that's where i where i saw you you, you look no different than then a <laughs> little bit less hair but yeah <laughs> yeah well well you know with uh, with a media mogul like yourself, hair is you know it's just a question. You can you can always buy more hair. Uh, I was just in Istanbul. Let me tell you, hair is not an issue <laughs> these days. So very, I'm tempted. I might solvable. have to take like a six month sabbatical from content where my mm-hmm. audience wonders where I'm going or why I'm wearing a beanie in every episode. But we'll why? It out. Just I think I think it's a piece of content. First of all, it's a nice journey, a story. Like you're not you're not as confident as you could be. There's the hair thing. It's like you, you just need to do it for yourself. You kind of be you can be real with your with your audience of 2.5 million subscribers. It's like a half half of Finland is following. There we you, go. I get it sponsored. I'll get a I'll get a hair plug doctor in Turkey to sponsor it. We'll make it a whole content series. I'm down. Yeah, let's go in together. You could do that. Also, it's not that, that expensive. Just to be clear. So, uh, but but yeah, I mean, uh, I'll do it with you. You know what? I'll do it with you. My channel has like 650 subscribers. So I think we've bundled up that together. We're kind of even. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I'm, I'm Let's do less it. about looks and more about the voice. Anyways. Uh, okay. So um, let's, let's, talk, let's talk your business because this is all about business. I want to hear how you got started almost 10 years ago. Like what led you to this journey of becoming an influencer media mogul? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, so for me, it all started in 2012. So I actually just transferred into my dream school at the time. I was at University of Virginia. I thought I had life figured out, studying finance, et cetera, et cetera. And wow. of course, as I studied for an accounting exam, I, uh, like everyone else who studied accounting, like really didn't want to do it. So I looked in the app store by chance and was like, what games have released recently that are interesting that I can use to distract my mind from managerial accounting. And uh, this new game popped up in the app store called Clash of Clans. Like I looked in the strategy section, <laughs> I saw this game, I, was, I saw some barbarian yelling at me. I said, okay, I'm gonna download this and see what this game is all about. And literally within 15 minutes of playing the game, I was like, okay, this game actually is so good. I texted all my friends. I was like, everyone join in, let's all play together. And after playing for a couple of days, I went online to like look up guides. I mean, I, I only use YouTube for like cat videos, which by the way, if you guys are on YouTube, we've got a, you know, what's a chief pat without a chief cat. She's hanging out next to me oh, wow. cat on camera right here. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, YouTube at the time for me was literally just, uh, you know, cat videos and, and memes. And when I tried to look up guides in clash of clans, I didn't see anything. So I thought, okay, um, I've never made a video before. I have no mm-hmm. idea what I'm doing. I actually had to go to the my laundry room in my dorm to film because that was the only place with strong enough Wi-Fi. But I started filming videos and and I would actually do the voiceovers in my car. So it was a it was a struggle in the beginning for sure. But I just started posting and you know I remember going from like I had hit ten subscribers and I was like asking all my mm-hmm. friends. I was asking my mom. I was like, please stop botting accounts. I hit like a hundred subscribers, a thousand subscribers, and soon enough. Um, 
you know, I, I ended up by the time I finished up my sophomore year of school, I hit a hundred thousand subscribers and it was like actually, wow. you know, making money. I, I remember the beginning, like I had no aspirations of being a YouTuber. I started making $10 a day and I sat down with my mom. I was like, mom, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to get my big boy job after college. I'm making $10 a day. I'm getting Chipotle <laughs> every day for free from this channel. Like I measured my life in Chipotle meals at the time. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, obviously it grew to so much more than that. So, you know, my channel had grown and I was heading into my junior year of school. Um, and I moved in all my stuff, you know, I was really struggling trying to balance YouTube, which was way more exciting and, you know, managerial accounting. And I literally moved in and I remember two days after moving in, and I don't even know, can we swear on your podcast? I don't know. We can oh, it out, but fuck I yes. moved in, <laughs> nice. I moved in. I, I remember looking like in the mirror in my crappy mm -hmm. apartment. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I can play video games for a living. And why am I doing this? I moved all my stuff out after moving in. I broke my lease. I went back and I went in full time. And, uh, and yeah, you know, definitely parents super supportive. Like my mom is, um, you know, she had a jewelry business. My dad is like always been super gung ho about this stuff, but yeah, mm -hmm. I dove, I dove fully in and that was, uh, how it all got started. Your parents were okay with you. So you stopped school. You, you, you or did you finish your, your education? No, no, I am your, uh, I'm, I am your, friendly dropout who who dropped out to play video games yeah i did two years um i left but they were super supportive like at the time mm -hmm. i built my channel up to a point to where you know i started making serious money and there was opportunities such as traveling to you know the event we went to in san francisco or mm -hmm. um you know going to helsinki which probably at the time i thought was in southeast asia i had no clue <laughs> there was all these opportunities <laughs> coming up and uh, i couldn't I hope, do it i involved. hope you didn't pack for southeast asia when you came to helsinki no, <laughs> absolutely not um that was uh yeah that was march the first time i visited but uh, oh shit. yeah i, I you know, I found myself in all my classes, literally just refreshing my YouTube page and thinking of ideas. And I was like, there's no way I can give 60% to both of these. So I went full in on YouTube mm -hmm. and uh, definitely an excellent choice. So, so you learned like video editing, everything yourself, and you learned that off the YouTube, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, even at the time guides back then were pretty, no one had, I mean, so when I started making content around mobile games, no one was really making content around mobile games. Mm -hmm. Even like to that point, Clash of Clans was this game that had this like natural YouTube value where people wanted to watch this online. And to date, you know, I think maybe the biggest channel had been posting 10 second Angry Birds guides that didn't even have a voiceover. So this was that first core strategy game that broke through on YouTube. So when it came to recording this, like I remember I was using, a lot of people were using a phone to record another phone. I found some software maybe called like Air Parrot. I forget what it was. I probably got yeah. it from it. I don't know. But, um, but I found that and I somehow rigged it in, in our laundry room and I would film at like midnight in, in my mm -hmm. dorm. And, um, I got it to work and just sort of figured it out. And if you look at my first videos, I'm literally like breathing into the microphone. Like I drop one troop to be super efficient. Then it's just like me, I'm not going to breathe in the microphone on your podcast, but it's like, it's bad. It was definitely a work in progress, but uh, you know, it went from something that my, uh, you know, friends definitely made fun of me more for because, you know, they're like, wait, what the heck? You're posting mobile games on YouTube to where like, Yo, uh -huh. this is super cool. You know, Pat has like 50 subscribers. <laughs> this is awesome. So it was a fun journey. And, um, and so, so five years ago, so that was 10 years ago. And then you're five years yeah. in, you're chief Pat. Everybody knows you, you have a, you have a great relationship with, with Supercell. Did you have also relationships with other, uh, game publishers yes. or like, how does that work? 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So like the five years, so first five years on YouTube, I was able to grow my channel, um, really saw mobile, even though, I mean, still at the time it was pretty behind the scenes, which was hard to believe because the viewership was honestly there on YouTube from the jump, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but it was still pretty, you know, behind the scenes. So fast forward to 2017 for me, you know, I, as one of like, I guess you can call it the OGs of like mobile gaming yeah. content creation. I had a chance to see all of the other content creators Pioneer. grow and build their channels. Oh, well, you say that, not me. Right place, right time. Um, but so I saw all these other channels start to grow. And like for them, the creators would reach out to me for advice. Um, even my co-founder of Tribe, John, the first time we talked was he was, uh, tr he was translating one of my videos to German at the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had built all these amazing relationships with creators, help them monetize their channels, build their brands. I had worked with tons of different game developers at that point, um, whether with uh, Supercell, Tencent, um, many others uh, who, you know, you guys all know in the mobile gaming space. And mm -hmm. for me, you know, as, as all of this started happening, and for me naturally, like one, I was a huge fan of doing collaborative content. I found myself more and more doing videos that involved other creators. And second, I started getting involved in esports and enjoying esports. I actually went to my first mm -hmm esports event when I was visiting Supercell in 2015. Um, they were actually showing me Clash Royale for the very first time. And uh -huh, uh -huh. we went to Berlin to see the League of Legends World Championships. Um, and it was this moment where it clicked for me where, hey, like I wanna combine all of this stuff together, like where I am in mobile gaming, my relationships, you know, my passion for content, working with others and esports and, and do it within, um, you know, I wanna do something with this. And even like at that point, actually, I talked to, um, you know, I talked to a team from from the LCS and League of Legends, their official league, about buying a spot before realizing that, like, no one cared who I was in League of Legends. I was just some Clash of Clans guys. So I mm -hmm. ended up waiting a little bit. And eventually in 2017, when um, Super Evil Megacorp started their um, their esports league, um, they had reached out to me about the opportunity. And it, like, all made sense that this was the right time to, to let it rip. Um, so I, I sort of didn't know what I didn't know back then. Like, I was just, you know... Uh, you know, just a, a kid like saying, Hey, let's, let's do this. This seems really cool. And, and mm -hmm. definitely it's been a fun transition for me going from like a one person team with my YouTube channel to where now, you know, working with tribe and um, mm -hmm. all the amazing creator staff and players we work with. It's been a, it's been quite a journey. So, um, okay. I have so many questions, by the way, I remember <laughs> I've been to multiple super evil megacorps, uh, vainglory esports events, uh, my yep. wife used to used to run those, and and uh, she says of hi. Course. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so so through that I'm I'm quite familiar with esports. But I wanted to kind of kind of go back to your your life as an influencer. How did it kind of like how did it evolve going from the college days as you're you know recording in your laundry room to like you're scaling it like you're chief pat. Like what would your day look like, and how how does the team size grow like? Because, you know, I, I listened to the podcast with um, Mr. Beast on, on Joe Rogan, and he's like mm -hmm. 120 people, different languages. Like that's at, at the uh, at the ultimate scale. Like what was your scale up as, as you were chief padding and, and, you know, growing as a media yeah. mogul? Yeah, great question. So like when I started back in 2012, it was unheard of that people had like actual teams around their YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. I remember when I started, yep. I didn't even do thumbnails in my video. It was, you know, hey, I'm just your normal Joe, you know, one sock on at a time. Let's play some Clash of Clans, have some fun. And um, people happen to enjoy my content. So it graduated mm -hmm. from that to where now today, um, you know, if you're a creator and you're not building a team around you, you're going to be behind the eight ball. So, you know, for myself, I have a team of somewhere between like three and five, some of the resources mm -hmm. I share um, within Tribe because we have a team that works with our talent, but you know, whether it is video editors, uh, graphic designers, thumbnail designers, um, 
uh, even like uh, ideation people to help us create content for our channel. Every creator now oh. is starting to build out their team. And then outside of people, like just part of your full-time team, you know, being able to find other uh, people who can sort of fill in the gaps for your business is super important. So whether it's someone who can help you monetize your channel via brand deals, you don't want to be the one, you know, reading legal agreements and licensing clauses and all of that. You want to find mm. someone who can help there. Maybe it's for, um, uh, you know, a PR, there's, there's all these different areas where you want to find people to, to plug into your channel. And, and really the number one thing that's irreplaceable when it comes to being a creator is in, in my mind, video ideation, like everything else we found success outsourcing with editing, you know, graphic design, whatever else. But the number one thing that's the, the toughest thing to replicate, even for me, like as I've done this, or even with tribe creators, as we help them is, you know, the best creators are the ones with the best ideas. It's as simple as that finding someone who just so naturally understands your audience and knows how to make viral content and really um, can retain an audience and, and that watch time, you know, uh, and is obsessed with that to the level of, of Mr. Beast. Mm -hmm. if you've heard him talk about that. Those, those are the people that, um, you know, end up winning. And that's really why you see a lot of people. Sometimes people will start as content ideators for other YouTubers and their ideas are so good. They start their own channel and then they blow up someone oh. like, um, you know, was seen, for example, in brawl stars, he started as a, you know, editor for, for one of a, you know, one of our creators, Lex's channel. And now, you know, he started his own channel and he's arguably the hottest creator in, in all of, um, you know, uh, mobile right now. So, um, so yeah, but it definitely, it definitely varies. And I, I definitely have an interesting experience being a creator plus, you know, founder and CEO of tribe, but, um, for a lot of creators, the day in the life, you know, uh, it, it can, it can get, uh, yeah, it, it definitely is case by case. How do you, how do you, so when you're scaling up and like you used to be a business major, so let's approach it from that perspective. Like hey, you I'm have a your failed business major, but yeah. Well, you know, it's it's still <laughs> still you understand you understand the financial part. So sure. um, because most of the creators actually I don't know if it's nowadays, but but I assume the creators don't have a capital to start with. So essentially you start from right. the bottom and you have to do everything yourself and you're slowly outsourcing certain things like, okay, video editing, that takes a lot of time. There's a contractor I can give this, there's, there's this, there's that. And, and, um, when like, like, do you plug in these people as your channel grows and you're making more revenue or you, do you just do like a early investment with the assumption that your channel will grow and you do that, you know, initial investment, you're kind of on the red and you slowly start getting on the green. Like I'm interested in the, in the business case of these. Yeah, I'd say most typically, I would never advise someone to like, invest way too much upfront to their channel thinking that you know, that they're going to be a, a creator. I mean, if you look at it right now, I know there was a recent survey, maybe sometime last year, they, they surveyed, um, uh, you know, they did a survey both in China and the United States and asked kids like, what do they want to be when they grow up? And in China, the number one response was an astronaut. And in the US, the number one response was a YouTuber. So hey, guys, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're we're, we're doing something you're right doomed. over here. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, anyway, so it's, it's competitive or not. <laughs> yeah. It's competitive to say the least. So definitely wouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. More traditionally, what you'll see is as people find success and they're finally mm -hmm. earning through their channel, um, you know, in my eyes, reinvesting that success, if you're able to financially, maybe if you have a full-time job and YouTube is something that you're doing or content, something you're doing on the side, being able to reinvest those earnings into your team as soon as possible. I've never regretted, um, you know, expanding my team. Uh, too soon. It's always too late when it comes to that. And every creator I talk to is the same way. So if it's feasible as you grow and as you start making revenue to reinvest it, I definitely recommend that. The other, you know, there are some other ways you can do it. For example, you know, there's starting to be some funds where people are actually investing in creators in return for like basically equity in their businesses and, mm -hmm. and long-term earning potential. So if you're able to pr prove that you have, um, 
you know, you have potential as a creator. There's certainly people that are willing to give out money in that case. And, and then even for us at Tribe, like one thing we do is we almost act as a talent incubator for some of our creators. So um, take, for example, uh, a B-Rad and Nat. So B-Rad was one of our Clash Royale professional players who didn't have a YouTube channel when he started and joined mm -hmm. Tribe Gaming. And, you know, we, as he was winding down his competitive career, it was like, hey, we're going to give you some resources. We're going to give you some promotion. Obviously, like this is 95% going to come from you, but we want to try to boost you up with our audience with our mobile fan base and give you that jump start when it comes to creating your channel. Now Brad is doing millions and millions and millions. He's got a bigger channel than me now, you know, what the heck, man? <laughs> so, uh, you know, he's absolutely crushing it. And same with, same with Nat, where actually for Nat, you know, she was a really prolific streamer. She had an amazing presence on other social media channels, but we actually provided her a team as far as like an editor and a designer went and even helped her from the start with concepting ideas. And, you know, for that first month or two, um, you know, started learning and being able to do more with her channel to where now she's been able to take that over and steer it. And she's now, you know, one of, if not the biggest uh, female creators in, in all of mobile and is doing an amazing job. So there's a lot of paths to get there, but a lot of, for most every creator, it's going to come down to, um, you know, investing in your team as, as soon as it's financially feasible. But I definitely don't recommend, you know, taking a gap year from college, dropping 10 grand on a Twitch setup and thinking that you're going to, you're going to hit it big. That's uh that's, tough. yeah, that's, that's interesting. And, um, about your day, so so we're gonna go into tribe games after after this one, but I'm I'm just curious, like, or just overall as an influencer, like, how much pressure does an influencer have to keep on producing content? Because it's a treadmill that never ends, uh, with the algorithms, totally. with the way with the way you have to do it. It's like, as soon as you release a video, you're probably thinking about the next one, and and how many videos do you release a week? Like, what's the uh, what's the amount? Two, three. Yeah, I mean, for for me, I varied in the past from like two to seven videos per week, I would say. And, Oof. you know, it varies per creator. I don't even know if quantity, like you've even solving for quantity, that, that stress is still there. And honestly, I mean, like you're a, a founder. I mean, multi, I mean, you have like, I don't know how many, 20 companies. No, I mean, you're doing a lot. And like for me, even going from being a creator to being a founder, that same thing still exists where you're, you're always on. You're always thinking about something. When you're a YouTuber, you post your video, you're instantly thinking about what's your next idea? Um, what should I be doing with my channel? It's almost always like hanging over your head in a sense. And I think that's why a lot of creators and I'm sure founders burn out because it's hard to like turn off that voice where you're mm -hmm. always thinking about your business, refreshing your page, um, you know, thinking about what's next. And, that, and that's on the YouTube side of things. And then on the Twitch side of things, for example, with streamers, you know, there's a saying that for some of these streamers, if you're streaming for, you know, uh, six hours a day, you're, um, you know, if you're streaming six hour days, you're losing followers. If you're streaming eight hours a day, you're maintaining. If you're streaming 10 hours a day, you're growing. That for me, I can't fathom that. Like being on camera that long every day, that's why I'm a, that's why I'm a YouTuber. And, um, you know, I have a major respect for some of these Twitch grinders where maybe, you know, the, the post-production um, and some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes is seriously reduced. But being on camera for that long, you know, not everyone has a great day and people are, you know, gritting through it when it comes to chatting with their audience, even on YouTube. But trying to do that for 10 hours, you know, when someone hit your car in the morning or something else. Um, yeah, I have to I have to salute the, those people because yeah. it goes from, you know, playing games is really fun to this is a job potentially really quick if that's the case. Well, talk to me about a little bit about like uh, the Twitch and what was the uh, the Microsoft thing? Was it Mixer or what was it called? Like, oh, like, yeah. And then Facebook jumped <laughs> yeah. on it. So the, so the platforms have been involving, but you've kind of you have you always been just on YouTube, like YouTube ride or die. Uh, you got the, uh, the golden, like, what's the platinum <laughs> YouTube letter on the, on the back. And, and like, yeah, you're not looking on, on other platforms. You're just YouTube 
or or were there moments where you're like ninja is going to mixer and they're paying him like insane amount of money he's like what's up <laughs> or like like what, what's yeah the, uh, you know the, the strategy varies drastically so depending on like what platform you're playing it's different on mobile it's different on pc it's different on console it's different on the games you play so there's not mm-hmm. a one-size-fits-all but i would say like for for myself and even for tribe like as we work with english-speaking um creators mobile by far and away has dominated when it comes to youtube um you know youtube by far and away makes up for i would say at probably 90 to 95 percent of the watch time for mobile games in like english-speaking markets that's where you know most everyone has become accustomed to watching content even watching streams youtube tends to be much Mm -hmm. more popular than twitch and other platforms so if you're looking to be a mobile gaming creator youtube is the platform to be and even more broadly you know twitch gets a lot of the headlines as far as uh, streaming goes and their potential market share but when it comes to watch time between platforms i mean youtube just laps everyone a million times when it comes to their audience. And obviously you want to go where um, the biggest, as a creator, you want to go to a platform where you can achieve that biggest, um, you know, the biggest audience possible. And, and that's been YouTube. So certainly other platforms have come in mixer, even in mobile, like Camcord and mob crush and some of these other oh, groups yes. who are looking yeah. to build mobile specific platforms. Yeah. Like they've come, they've come in and gone, but um, the reality is that for creators, Number one, you want to re- reach the widest audience possible. And number two, trying to port your audience to another platform is just so risky unless you know that that pl- platform can be around forever and that it provides value to you. Um, investing your time into something like that versus just reinvesting in your time into what already works through YouTube and elsewhere. Um, just personally, I haven't seen another platform, at least for, for English-speaking mobile creators, um, be able to you know, be something that's sustainable without offering creators like you know uh, massive deals such as a ninja to stay on the platform, but it does vary with, with other regions, you know, with Brazil and, and, um, and China, yeah. like it definitely varies. And even, even streaming is more popular in those regions versus in, um, you know, English speaking markets, but, um, yeah. No, I, I definitely prefer more YouTube. I, I couldn't get ever get into Twitch. It's just like, it's, it's not like, I like Instagram because somebody takes 1500 photos and then posts the best one. The same way I want my videos. Like, I don't need to see your eight-hour stream. I need 30 right. minutes of super edited, you know, the best best shots ever. Keep the scripted. dopamine coming, baby. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Make it perfect. And please suggest the next one as well. Uh, and by the way, you mentioned Camcord and, and uh, Mob Crush. I remember when they launched and I, I was like, this is born dead because, because of, like, the one simple thing is, like, when you're streaming and you're having your phone, like, the phone will be filming your 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 chin like who wants oh, to yeah. watch your chin while you're playing like they never solved against that they were like no it's it's accessibility it's like i don't want to see your chin dude like no. or you know that's it that's it so uh both of both of them e- have even google the same like when google was, was rolling out their recording feature on mobile you know i and mm-hmm. when we were doing like feedbacking with them it was like listen this this is a great tool for someone who's getting into creation maybe someone who it's the first time they've ever made a video this would be mm-hmm. a great place to do this but once you get like to a certain scale which is pretty soon you know you're going to want a dedicated setup to be able to produce content from and then you know it's like well you can attach like bluetooth headphones or a bluetooth microphone i'm like this is just way more convoluted than just having a, a good old-fashioned computer so yeah, yeah. I, I do like the YouTube stories, like the, the quick ones. They're nice for sure uh, for certain content. But uh, but yes, um, sorry for interrupting this podcast, but I got an important message. It's about increasing your game's revenues. I bet your mobile games is ready to find new untapped audience and a juicy 40% revenue boost. Well, you can achieve global reach and acquire new players with local payment methods and exclusive content and with huge savings on platform fees. 
after recent events allowing developers to sell virtual items and currencies directly to players with a substantial savings on transaction fees, Exola launched WebShop for mobile games. This timely solution helps you unlock global potential and grow your mobile games beyond the App Store and unite your player community across all devices. Plus, it can also improve discoverability and boost player retention. If you're ready to increase revenue, save on fees, and then regain control over distribution, Exola Web Shop for mobile games can help you succeed. Visit exola.pro slash DOF or go to the link in this podcast description. Now, back to the episode. All right, let's move on to tribe gaming. So you're five years in, you started off as a college dropout. <laughs> now you've grown your, 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 uh, your platform, your chief pat, you got all these partnerships, you're flying, you're, you're staying, you have a hotel rooms with two fucking beds. <laughs> you just switch between <laughs> in the middle of the night. I, I think <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to Southeast Asia, Helsinki. Uh, and, um, so, so what led you, and, and then, and then you're starting, uh, you're starting tribe because you're a fan of esports you went to league of legends uh championship and you're like fucking dope like a filled arena the sounds the people like it's it's legit and then comes along uh, a mobile moba with esports events that says we want to do big things you're starting tribe uh, as a as a first esports team for mobile games am i correct and let's start with that yes. point 100 percent. Okay. yes so so that was the vision, like seeing all this awesome opportunity in mobile, knowing all these creators, knowing all these developers, SCMC launching their esports program with Vanglory, it all just made sense. So, you know, I would say like the evolution over the last five years has been insane. But one of the biggest things, I mean, first, just breaking down like really easily what we do from like a front facing mm -hmm. perspective, three major areas of our business. One is going to be just like our media um, in general, I guess maybe even better to start with the creators. Like with our content creators, we have 21 creators who collectively average over 100 million views a month around mobile games. So with these creators, you know, they represent Tribe, they appear on our channels. Um, we're able to, you know, work with these creators to produce custom content. And even for us as a gaming collective, actually this year in January, we were the most viewed um, gaming organization on YouTube as far as monthly viewership, period, in English speaking markets. So bigger than PC and console related organizations, the scale of mobile is massive. And we know that collectively, especially with mobile sometimes being more under the radar by pooling together our creators and creating this, you know, this, this collective, um, mm -hmm. we're, you know, it turns into something pretty, pretty amazing. Um, yeah. So that's one side of the business with creators. Uh, second is going to be being a media brand. So if you look at the tribe content on our owned and operated channels, we're able to reach hundreds of thousands of views per video and be able to leverage that to not only partner with developers, which I'm sure we'll talk more about, but also partner with, yes. with brands like uh, Ford and the lovely tribe mobile, which you guys can see mm -hmm. on my Twitter if you want to check it out. Um, <laughs> can I add the and, link, link to the... Uh, okay, there's means. a link in the description uh, to to the uh, the tribe mobile. Uh, I mean, <laughs> as I, I I told Pat, like this would have been dope if I was 15. Come on, <laughs> come on, man! You got to know your target. You got to know your target audience. You got a different audience. Exactly. Come on. 15. Anyways, yeah. hopefully no one follows yeah, me on today. Is it obvious that it's a tribe bar? Um, anyways, uh, and then third is our esports teams. So we have six teams. Um, last year. 
had an awesome year. Actually, our Call of Duty mobile mm-hmm. team won, won a world championship. And this is like a lot of what we do on the front facing side of things. And I think especially in like 2017, 2018, we were really focused on building the tribe brand, building tribe as a consumer media brand um, mm-hmm. and bringing together all these amazing things. I'd say like what's recently changed, especially over the last two years is a lot of what we do on the back end. We don't really like advertise this as much because like we are a gaming organization and this media brand, but a lot of what mm-hmm. we do um, are these publisher partnerships where we work with Tencent, Supercell, Activision, whoever else around all these different elements of their game on the, on the back end of things. I mean, it could be influencer marketing, creator programs, white label content production, esports. you know, when people are going to launch mobile games and they want to reach like the online mobile gaming content community, because we have, you know, because we're the leaders and we have a majority of the top creators and we have like tribe as this leading consumer media brands. Um, a lot of developers look to us to launch their games as well as help retain their player base and retain their creators, given like our background and our experience. I guess the easiest way to look at it is if you think about Apex Legends when it launched at the time, I think it was the most successful game launch ever. They did like, I think in 30 days, like maybe 50 million players um, ended up being a smashing success, like when it came out. And the only marketing they did off the jump for that game in the first 48 hours was they paid a bunch of Twitch streamers a fat yes. bag of cash and they said, stream our game and play it. That was it. And the game blew up. And at the time was the biggest launch uh, uh, of, of its time as far as like player bases went. Well, when you look at the mobile gaming landscape, when, when they did that activation, they went to a bunch of random Twitch streamers. But like for us, what's super unique is that we work with the vast majority of the largest mobile gaming creators. And we can actually pull that off, not only, you know, with those creators, but create a broader narrative and story with Tribe to where, um, you know, we can we can basically in-house something like that with Apex Legends Mobile and go far above that when it comes to like, creative and to make you know make your game splash um in the biggest and best way possible so that that's a lot more of of what we've been doing and really like where we're trying to hire up as much as possible is that there's a ton of demand for us to be able to work with um you know some of these devs and publishers uh, with their games but yeah i'm trying to retain as much hair Mm. as i can possible so i gotta i gotta hire (laughs) (laughs) or just go to turkey uh but um yeah so um (laughs) Actually, talking about those launch strategies, Supercell has been amazing with those. Like when they really sure. kick it off with with influencers. I think um, you know Brawl they Stars launched was Clash a great Royale example. on my YouTube channel. That was how they launched the yeah. game. Was a video on my channel. Boom, boom, exactly. And then then a bunch of influencers. So your YouTube feed is is filled up. And and most importantly, it's just not ads. It's like you're seeing players play it, and the the influencers are giving a preview, and and you get that that uh that first wave of early adopters and they're gonna get in and they get the early adopters are watching your the videos of influencers so it's an amazing strategy and um yeah i definitely get it um i got a bunch of questions that came up Uh, for someone okay i'm gonna ask the stupidest one okay off the bat that i've been dying to ask why is a tribe logo has two axes it's kind of like very aggressive What, what should we do should we do some rubber duckies no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not gonna tell you what to do, but it's very aggressive. Just, just say, okay, because uh, okay. you're not an aggressive Mental guy. Look. Like, and, I, and, I'm, and, a, um, I'm a right brand guy. I wouldn't say I wouldn't call yeah. myself a creative. So I'll run the feedback to yeah. to our creative yeah. team. And no, no, no we'll I'm, see, I'm just thinking about like the you, you're you're very like you're mainstream nowadays. Like you are a mainstream, yeah. your biggest influencer platform. You got a bunch of you know all different kinds of streamers from from. The quintessential white guy, aka Chief Pat, to to <laughs> literally every look and feel. Like you, yeah. you cover all the demos. So 
Anyways, sure. I was just okay. um, I'm I'm not Good I'm not dogging bad. on your brand. It's not like I have a great <laughs> brand either. Like I paid two hundred bucks okay. to uh, to a guy in Pakistan to design it. So don't ask me. <laughs> but and nothing wrong with with the guy in Pakistan. He did an excellent job. Um, Agreed. I'm, I'm not the most creative. Anyways, Agreed. Um, the uh, what's the business model uh, when you're doing this consultation with these game companies? Like like how do you work with the Activisions or the EAs of the world as they are bringing you know let's say you know the Call of Duties or the Apex Legends or the Clash Royales or the Brawl Stars of the world? Um, how long are the projects? Do you get paid for for that early part? How do you build your team around it? Like, like, how can you walk me through those type of? Because that's that's really the uh, the meat of this discussion for most of the listeners. Yeah, totally. So the answer is number one that it varies drastically depending on the game, the type of game. Does this game mm -hmm. have quote unquote YouTube value? Um, is this maybe a more casual game that wouldn't be spectator on YouTube? It, it all depends on what what the publisher and developer like really needs um some examples of like what we do super common is like uh basically like play testing and r d with our talent so obviously when mm -hmm. you know for for a lot of developers when they're making their games they want them to be creator friendly and have like features that entice creators to stick around and to create content around them and you know super uniquely for us we happen to have a lot of the top mobile creators so being able to set up play sessions um, with different games, have our creators play them for a few hours, hop on with the developers, tell them what they like, what they didn't like, what they would add in to make the game more creator friendly, et cetera, et cetera, is usually like one of the starting points if you're if if we're starting to work with people early on. And and definitely like the, the earlier, the better, especially, I mean, we can talk more about like influencer marketing campaigns, but getting mm -hmm. a creator bought in early on and being able to bring them into the project and make them feel like they're a part of it is something that I've always enjoyed as well. I know other creators have as well, but that's definitely the first one of the first ways we tend to work with people if we're at the very beginning of a project then when it comes to like launch strategy so you know launching your game with a bang whether it's influencer marketing promotion whether it's even like um you know white label events we'll produce white label mm -hmm. content that certain developers and publishers actually post to their channels as their own content they might not have a production team or a team that can pull off some sort of event involving 20 creators but for us we have an in-house team that can produce that around their brand and their vision and, and bring that for to life for, for them to post. So, um, you know, I think one thing that we sort of talked a little bit about as well, when it comes to like, not only influencer marketing and doing your standard dedicated videos or integrated videos, obviously that's important and there's value there, but what we really like to do is come up with more creative custom campaigns that go past like a hashtag ad. So if you think of, for example, we did a campaign with, um, uh, there's actually timely since you were talking about our logo with, with Knight's Edge. So Knight's Edge mm -hmm. um, from Lightfox Games, we did a campaign where all of a sudden on our social media for 24 hours, the axes in our logo went missing. It was just a shield. And everyone <laughs> was like, what the heck? Where are the tribe axes? What's going on? We did a fun skit leading up to it. And the next day we revealed that the axes were actually in game with one of the final bosses of the earliest levels. And if you took down the boss, you would actually end up winning like custom tribe armor and you would save our axes. And we created a set of custom maps within the game by our creators that had their own, um, you know, memes and special things inside of them. So for me, you know, the big meme is that I miss rockets in Clash Royale. So there was like rockets flying all over the map. I should have done something with my hairline, but that would have been too technically capable. OJ, for example, one of our biggest creators, he like had a, you know, all of these different like orange thing, orange lava on his map. It was this really integrated campaign that went outside of just the scope of one hour transactional influencer marketing to where it was a longer term creative campaign. And um, I think for us, from what we've seen, that tends to be the, the most successful. So um, that's certainly, you know, uh, something that we do, uh, white label esports production. If people are looking to run an esports league for their game, that's something we're able to take care of. And, and even just like general, like 
consultation and strategy when it comes to what should a content strategy be on on our owned and operated channels like hey i'm launching an fps mm -hmm. game in mobile like what what's have you seen from competitors in the space like what is what should our launch strategy look like or um you know how do we build creator retention tools and and and, and um programs to where you know if we start working with some of these creators and we have these lifeblood creators who start posting around our game how do we keep them to where when a new game comes out that they don't just hop ship and leave us and like how do we reward them and these are these are things like super unique for us that like myself as a yeah. creator i've had experience with as well as our team to where you know when you think about um just like a general like whether it's like a talent agency or a creative agency or one of these shops like we're just super we just have super unique insights because it's like all we've done over the the mm -hmm. last last decade and i think that's what a lot of um i think that's why like a lot of devs and publishers like working with us is because like we're actually like mobile gamers play these games and heck it mm -hmm. might be a game that we like sign an esports team for who knows like we, we we like to be super involved in these communities so you do a lot of custom work and a custom work requires more time because it's not like you know the, the normal package deal how big is your organization to allow you to do these custom projects yeah, for sure. So for the biggest campaigns, those tend to be more custom, but we do have like more entry level stuff mm -hmm. as far as like dedicated yeah. content goes or certain pieces. So it varies right now for us as far as staff goes. So we have, so we have 20, uh, somewhere around like, let's say 25 full-time employees. I would say we have a number of contractors that work with us, especially on like the GFX design side of thing. We have around 40 players when it comes to esports and 20 creators. I'd say we're just over 100 right now. Mm -hmm. And really our biggest focus now is being able to scale up on um, really like the sales and execution side of things. We're just seeing, um, there's a lot of people who are super interested in a lot of the stuff that we we do, but it's, uh, you know, we gotta, we gotta clone ourselves a little bit and, and be able to scale up our, yeah. our staff. It's a lot of fun making content and doing all these projects and, um, you know, creating, creating videos, but we really need to build out our team who can uh, sort of manage a lot of these, these relationships. And that's what like our biggest focus has been on, on the, the first half of this year. So it's going well. Yeah. So basically like project managers, because I assume that you have a right. lot of different types of content creators that, that first of all, have to be on the treadmill of creating content and they have the teams around who are helping them to create this content. And then a deal comes through like, okay, uh, Activision is coming from Warzone for mobile. Like we need to get on this and then we need to be early on, like six months before it launches, we need to start, you know, thinking about different type of strategies. And now sure. the project managers have to essentially kick off with, with ideation, then start thinking about what kind of a team, what kind of creators are going to come in. When do they have to come in? When are the videos going to be done? Absolutely. Because assuming it's an Activision, they have to review everything with a team of 5,500 people and give you some some great notes about what you should be taking. No, we love Activision. Not, not, you know, not, we love Activision. Call of Duty team has been on this podcast. Like we, My favorite game, Call of Duty Mobile. Everybody knows that. Amazing. Well documented. But, uh, you know, just let's have fun. Uh, anyway, yeah. so they have all their feedback. They're, they're a corporation. That takes a lot of time. That takes a lot of, um, a lot of coordination. And is that kind of like... The, the 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 bottleneck that you're having right now is project managers to to run these things yeah exactly i think especially for us like we uh, we we have you know we have, we have a multitude of case studies with different developers and publishers on programs events marketing creator programs all, all the above that have worked well for us it's just now at the point of scaling that up and being able to um, bring other people like be able to build our team out wider to where we can work with more groups and we're just not limited to, Hey, this is awesome. We love your guys game, but, um, we just simply can't like dedicate enough resources to this as far as being able to give you, you know, we might be able to do one or two of our services that we have right now, but we can't scale this up to like nine right now, at least for like the, let's call it some of these 
you know, top 100 grossing games who, who want to work with us and do these l- massive brand marketing activations, or, or maybe it's a, a game that's popular, um, internationally who's coming to uh the the u.s and, and like english speaking markets for the first time and they're looking to make a major splash um yeah like it, it's really run. bandwidth and scaling that <laughs> out that's the the biggest uh you know it's the biggest bottleneck but that's where a lot of the priority has been at the at the first half of this year and i'm super excited about the the team we're we're building mm. okay so let's talk a little bit about the uh, the projects uh what type of uh, projects no names I mean, you can say names, but you don't have sure. to say names. Uh, <laughs> just say names if you want uh, off the camera. Anyway, so so uh, projects that you absolutely love. I mean, we kind of heard the projects that you love. You love projects that allow you allow your team to be very creative, to have more time where you can integrate with the game team, where you can start early on with giving feedback, um, being kind of heard as a content creator so you can support them when it finally goes live. Um you know, basically a project that Supercell tends to run. So a long-term relationship with a lot of freedom uh, and a lot of like uh, working together. Talk to me about projects that suck. Like what is, if, if, if I'm at a corp, big corp X and I'm bringing my mobile game to you and I'm like, hey, Chief Pat, shut the fuck up. Let me tell you what to do. <laughs> like, is, like, like, like what is just, just, um, you know, just shut up and stream, but uh, like, tell yes. me, tell me what is a, how not to do a project? Like what, what are the, what leads to worst uh, outcomes? Yeah. I mean, I think you sort of number one being like mega rigid, um, almost never works. Like people that come in, maybe they've had success. Maybe they've even had success launching like a PC and console type title and they come to mobile. We see now, especially the trend the last 24 months, every major IP is coming to mobile. If you think you can like ham fist the same strategy that worked for PC and console and mobile and that like, you know better than people have been doing it for a long time and the creators who just naturally know their audiences, that always ends up being a failure in the end. Um, I think one thing that one of the worst things is when you're just given sort of unclear directions on the creator side of things. So when, a, you know, when you're working with a group and they don't really give you enough guardrails and you spend all this time producing this amazing spot that you're super excited about. And then it comes back to, you know, the group for revision and review. And they're like, Hey, well, this isn't really what we want. And then they give you all these different <laughs> things. Like if you want a creator to, to hate you, that's like the number one thing to do. Um, you know, just give unclear directions and then have, like five revisions come their way, you're just not going to get, you're not going to get the same investment level from someone if they're not having fun working with you on your project. That's just, I mean, that's how it goes. I'm sure that goes outside of creators. That just goes to business in general. Um, and I think like the, la- the last thing is like working with people who really just like, you, you want to work with people who generally enjoy your game. If you find people who generally enjoy your game, that's when you're going to have explosive results. Case study is someone like OJ. OJ, uh, who for reference is like the biggest uh, English speaking mobile creator right now, averages like, I think like oh, somewhere around like 40 million views a month on, on YouTube. Uh, maybe 30. Like, <laughs> he's insane. He's bigger than Ninja and all these other mainstream PC and console creators that you know as far as like monthly viewership goes. So him, he was, a you know, he, him and I actually together, we did a campaign for, for Cookie Run Kingdom um, when it was launching. And we had a ton of fun mm-hmm. with the game. And OJ was addicted. He was sending me messages at 2 a.m. about like, dude, I just like unlocked, you know, butter cookie. And I was like, dude, I, I don't care. Like, go to bed. Um, and he he was so excited and passionate about the game. We ended up parlaying that with him um, and Dev Sisters into him actually creating a dedicated channel around Cookie Run Kingdom content. Um, and we put together, you know, a brief and these deliverables to where, hey, we're going to sort of install OJ as this creator ambassador for your game because they had no, they didn't really have very much content being created around their game, uh, and people didn't know that being a Cookie Run cr- 
creator was actually a feasible thing because there was no one to look up to. OJ started this channel, started posting around the game. This channel is doing like 500,000 views per video. It, it grew bigger than his main channel for a certain point around Cookie Run. He actually ended up being the muscle cookie inside of the game and voicing over the muscle <laughs> cookie. OJ tells me now that when he's on dating apps, which he's single, by the way, guys, you know, mm -hmm. just letting it know on the podcast, he says all guys the time on dating apps, people are like, man. hey, <laughs> all the yeah. above. They're like, listen, they, they reach out and he gets the first message. Are you the cookie run guy? Are you muscle cookie? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh my. So that's how successful it's been that now on Tinder, he has people calling him muscle cookie. So just saying yeah. these sorts of programs so, where someone loves the game. <laughs> Yeah. When they love the game and they actually like you give them creative freedom to go outside the box of just like we want a 60 second ad spot and that's it. Hit these CTAs like that turned into one of the most successful mobile game activations ever um, because it was something that he loved. He had creative freedom with and the developers were willing to, to work with him around that. So finding people who who enjoy your game and it doesn't again, it doesn't have to be a perfect fit for the game they're playing on their channel. But if they love it and you can bring them in early and sort of foster that relationship, it goes a long way. And he started before he had the contract with uh, with the developer of Cookie Jam, or or when he so, got the contract. So we started with an individual um, sponsored content piece on his main channel and on my mm -hmm. main channel, and then from there, weeks have gone by of OJ, you know, uh, talking got about hooked. Cookie Run, and so we reapproached, you know, we reapproached the developer saying, "Hey, we got a crazy idea. What do you guys think?" Mm -hmm. Because for OJ and when it comes to these games, so even if OJ loves Cookie Run. The opportunity cost of him posting it on his channel and specifically for his audience who might subscribe for a certain game, there's a high opportunity cost. He could piss off his audience. He could ruin his mm -hmm. watch time rate. He could do all these things. So for him, you know, uh, even though he loves the game, it doesn't make from a strategic sense, it doesn't make sense to actually post the game and, and risk all these things. And that's why, you know, especially for that second channel, you know, spending time hiring editors and designers and, and developing a content strategy for this game that was unproven on YouTube, no matter how much he loved it, it didn't make sense to make that dive. So Cookie Run being able to establish that relationship and help build that channel and sponsor that channel for him um, enabled him to take that jump to where now it's, I mean, paid off tenfold. And um, he's, because of him and how he's been able to grow his channel, we've even seen that other Cookie Run channels have spawned up because now they know it's possible to create content around the game. And so the way it works is like a single influencer can have multiple channels and the channels focus on either a specific game or, you know, or just, you know, something else, right? Pokemons. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's actually an important point when talking about these mobile games. So we have developers who come out to us and they say, Hey, you guys, the only thing we want to do with you guys is a dedicated video on your YouTube channel. And that's it. And it's like, okay, well, what's the game? I play Brawl Stars every day on my channel. They're like, mm -hmm. this game is a match three game. And it's like, okay, well, no <laughs> one is going to care. And my audience is going to hate me yeah. and it's no one's going to click it. The views aren't going to be as good because it's not a fit. If it was a game that was a similar fit or a game with a major IP, Call of Duty Mobile, or a game that was in a similar genre, you know, that has a chance to potentially be a dedicated video on my channel. But this game, it's not a fit for this piece of content. You should be doing more of an integration inside of one of my current videos. So more of a 60 to 90 second spot. Like this is where, you know, mm -hmm. you're going to get 15 times the viewership, it's going to be more natural and it's not going to harm the creator's channel and it's going to just be more efficient. And a lot of devs listen and, you know, they see the case studies and they realize that, okay, that makes sense. But others, they want to like, nope, we need a dedicated video around it. And then they're sad when it gets 10% as many views as one of their, their normal uploads. So really you have to be careful depending on your game and the creator, like what type of asset are you actually, you know, what, what type of content piece are you doing and where is it living? Um, it's always going to vary. And I think, Number one, like 
having, you know, number one on your own net, you should be educated and have insights and like where it should be. And number two, like listen to the talent, because a lot of the time, especially for us, you know, not being just like a normal talent agency shop, like we want to have multi-year relationships with these groups. And when we're telling them you should be doing this, it's not because like, you know, we want to like do one campaign and have it end. Like we want to work with you for years to come. So please listen to us and we're willing to ideate with you. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, the good ones listen and are willing to, you know, hear feedback and the bad ones say, no, just post this video. And then they get sad when it doesn't do as well as they thought. So not talking about good or bad ones, but I remember when we were doing a deconstruction of uh, Command and Conquer Rivals, it was a mobile game of Command and Conquerors that came on uh, a few years ago. Like this was before Brawl Stars. This was when Clash Royale was the hottest thing, like RTS, the biggest RTS. And I remember like it was actually on your channel where they had like one random video. You're, like you were posting only Clash Royale. It's like Clash Royale, Clash Royale. And it's like you can see the numbers of the views. It's like, you know, hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And then there's like one low. It's like command and conquer, just sort of like right smack in the middle, getting 10% of, of what normal videos would get. And then you're back on normal, you know, the Clash Royale numbers. So that was just an example of, uh, of bad fit. Uh, even though the game was same, but the viewers that watched your videos only wanted to see Clash Royale. They couldn't give a fuck about anything else. Like Clash Royale or go, go you know, anyway. Yeah. And, uh, or die. Yeah. No, they and that's, die. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a great point. Like you, and that's our favorite campaigns that we found. You know, sometimes these one-off spots can work. Sometimes they might not work. But like what we found is tying things together into something more broadly. So maybe you do a sponsored piece of content. Maybe the game is a better fit for an integration. Not only would like me as a creator, maybe I spend the first 45 seconds talking about the game, like what I like about the game, promoting the game. And maybe the last 45 seconds I'm talking about, hey, not only like am I having fun playing this game, but by the way, I'm going to be participating in an event on this game's owned and operated channel, which you guys can tune into. And it tells a broader story that goes longer than one ad spot. It goes into, you know, this can turn into something that goes over the days and weeks. And, it, it, you know, I think the... The last thing that we want to see is something that um, the game isn't a fit and it's transactional. Here's a, here's a check. Do post this game. Um, that's it. And, you know, uh, yeah, going, going deeper and yeah. making, you know, making these campaigns more meaningful is like when you just tend to win over the creators as well as the fans. That's a, and um, last one on this, on this part is what kind of a developers are the smallest ones that you work with? Like, because, you know, we've been talking about EA, we've been talking about Activision, um, any of these companies that they supercell infinite resources with all of them. What is the sort of, sort of a smallest one? I mean, Super Evil Megacorp wasn't big. It was a startup, mm -hmm. uh, but, but kind of like, what are the budgets so that people listening to this would, would have a comprehension? It's like, when, when can I, can I come in and talk to tribe? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that you can, it definitely depends on who you are and like what your goals and objectives are. So someone like a Call of Duty mobile and like their goals as far as like brand and community building go mm -hmm. um, are going to be different than someone who are like a smaller developer and like it's all about CPIs and LTV and whatever else, all the, all the, the, all, all the jargon that you know better than me. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be different. I would say like for us, you can definitely get in the door and like start testing with creators, um, you know, for as little as a thousand dollars and working and getting feedback on what's working and, and what's not working. But, you know, broader campaigns, it, it, it can range. You can go from a thousand dollar campaign to a million dollar campaign. It's all about sort of what are your goals and objectives. And for smaller companies, like, I, you know, especially smaller developers, if you guys are looking for um, just pure, um, you know, pure revenue numbers and like CPI, then obviously like going through um, Google and Facebook and just traditional paid media, like is going to 
I imagine going to be a much higher priority. Although there are mm -hmm. some interesting case studies of like using our creators in those pieces do really well, which we could talk more about. Um, mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, you can start at a relatively low budget. Uh, just understand that you know where sort of like influencer marketing, brand marketing, and like performance marketing, like how these all mix together and what your expectations are. Um, and especially like if you're a smaller studio and your game's like going really well, and maybe you're about to like mm -hmm. do something, you know, you've got really healthy numbers and you want to do something bigger and broader that involves creators and more brand related stuff, then we would definitely be like a, a perfect, perfect fit for that. But what we really like doing is, Hey, what are your goals? What's going on? We want to win your business for five years. So let's test and let's show you guys these things before you overcommit on something that like you inevitably like did not like in the end. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So you, you would, you would, um, Kind of encourage them when when the uh, when the games are ready to be scaled up because when we're talking about mobile game marketing budget, we should, you know, at, at ten m a year is a is a you know it starts to be like on the healthy side. Mm -hmm. So I think at that point it makes sense already to start talking to tribe and start 100%. start adding like a mixed media model to it, like influencers being one of the um, one of the key parts of yeah. of, uh, of the of the media channels you're using. Yeah. And I think if you're like a smaller, you know, if, if you're a smaller studio and maybe you, you don't have, you know, you don't have the um, like resources to do something along the lines of one of these major campaigns, still definitely talk to us. And like, especially messages, people, when they make like custom messages to us and it's not just a mm -hmm. copy paste on what they send a billion creators, but when they reach out to us, whether to our creators or to tribe, like something that's like actually more personalized and like, Hey, here's what we're doing yeah. with the game. Like, you know, we're still early. We want to be able to work with you guys later on. Um, you know, they don't just say like, Hey, we're going to give you $10 in in-game currency. Can you do five dedicated videos? Those are, those are always <laughs> the best emails. Um, you know, if you reach out with like a genuine no to a creator or to, or even us like about like, Hey, here are our goals and what we want to do. Um, we found success, like revisiting some of those relationships later, take, uh, Life Fox games and, 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 uh, Knight's edge. And even for us, like we're sort of experimenting with ways that we can work with groups who maybe don't have, um, you know, who aren't like top 100 grossing, grossing mm -hmm. games about doing some broader, you know, finding different ways to work together outside of like what we're doing already. No spoilers, but more coming soon on that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, makes sense. And, and just kind of like remembering, um, you know, my wife running with the super evil, super evils, um, influencer campaigns. I remember how they fostered that community. Like they of course totally. chose smaller influencers that were on the come up, just like super evil Megacorp was on the come up and they, you know, flew them in, you know, kind of in, invited to be a part of the family. Uh, you know, everybody was was testing the game, so kind of created real relationship. And these these guys were small; like their numbers were like thousand or a few thousand. And as the game grew, they grew with the game and were helping to be a part of that growth story. So there are different growth strategies. Like you don't have to like it's not chief pat or nothing. Like there's definitely yes. those who like, like you can be on the come up and tribe has different types of influencers. So you might be riding with, with somebody with a slightly smaller numbers, but that's more cost efficient for you. And it makes sense for where you are right now. Ma majorly important point. You're exactly right. I think a lot of sometimes even people, they get, they get those the big wide eyes when they see different creators names, or we want to work with the biggest of the biggest. We want to work with PewDiePie. Yeah. We want to work with Ninja. The reality is that some of your creators right now who are playing your game, the, these are your lifeblood creators. Just because you do a sponsored campaign with someone, unless it's a fit for their audience for the longer term, they're not going to be the ones who are the future creators for your title unless it reaches a certain point. The creators you already have within your existing community, you need to bring them in. You need to foster them and enable them. Maybe it's sending you know, a, a swag pack. just to, Like I remember the first time Supercell reached out to me, I – 
I used to hide my channel from Supercell because I thought they were going to ban me for using their IP inside of my videos. <laughs> when that stupid barbarian face appeared in my comment section for the first time, I almost shit myself. And then it said, hey, Chief, nice video. And that was the most amazing thing ever, being acknowledged from the mm -hmm. dev. They got me that luxurious two-bedroom hotel room and just built that direct <laughs> connection and relationship with them. For I definitely advise whether or not you have a budget, if people are creating content around their game, 100% get in touch with them, you know, work to enable them, whether it's cross promotion, whether it's even just sending them like a, you know, we, we love to work and we advise groups like, hey, send a small swag package to um, some of your core creators who might be recording like I did out of their laundry room dorm or their dorm's laundry room. Send them a mic, send them a swag pack, send them your shirts. They're yeah. going to love you forever. Like SEMC now for me, I'm an SEMC for lifer with Vainglory and now with Catalyst Black, which I'm super excited about. And I would go above and beyond for the game because I cared about it so much. And um, definitely for developers, like don't lose sight of your creator who gets 5,000 views per video around your game for someone who gets 200,000 views per video around another game. Like those are the people that will be playing your game online potentially for the next 10 years. If you think about some of the Clash of Clans creators who are still creating content and having success there. So um, 100% you should be focusing and, and working on building those relationships and it should be it should be priority one because once the dust settles of the, spon the sponsored content you know these are going to be the people who are pushing your game forward exactly exactly um few things before I let you go IDFA deprecation big thing on mobile um really fucking up everybody's lunch <laughs> with uh with taking away our easiest tool Facebook marketing campaigns so that becomes more difficult mainly in terms of targeting and especially in mid-core games. Um, not as much with games with, with big IPs, but still. Um, how has this shift been seen in, in your line of business? Is it more business? Is it less business? Is it the same? Has, has this had any impact uh, in the world of, of Tribe? Yeah, I think it, it definitely has. Like from conversations we've had, people are like more willing to explore influencer marketing and broader brand marketing now that um, obviously it's more more difficult with IDFA and the changes that have been made. I wouldn't say it's explicitly we've had people call us and be like, hey, with these changes, we're just going straight to influencer marketing and thinking <laughs> that we're going to, you know, this is going to replace everything that we're doing. But I think people have gone away from um, just using some of these like paid, you know, paid media campaigns to where now influencers are more and more part of their strategy. So I, th I think that's one shift we've seen. Um, you know, my dream is that eventually one day YouTube will let us actually sell like direct pre-rolls against our content with our creators, because, you know, we have a hundred million plus people per month viewing these videos. And if we could target them with these spots, it would actually be, I mean, it would be incredible. Um, not available yet. Hopefully one day YouTube, if you're listening to this, please. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I also think uh, it's also changed the interest from um, different developers when it comes to using our talent in UA spots. So whether it's someone like OJ, for example, having him create a 30 second, 15 second spot around their game, whether it's a Kairos, any of, the, any of these major talents, you now see more and more people are asking us for, hey, actually, we don't even want an integration on your YouTube channel. Can you just make us a custom spot that we can use to run in ads? Um, and that, that actually the interest there has grown so, so big that like, that might even be separated as its own business unit at one point for us, because, um, the data has just been compelling for like why these spots featuring creators now are, are performing mm -hmm. even better. And I wish, um, yeah, I wish I had more transparency on the data other than like what's hitting our <laughs> inbox. Um, but that's something we want to do a lot, a lot more with soon. And sounds like that's something that's been, it, that's definitely something that's changed since, since IDFA. Yeah, I, I know Raid Shadow Legends has uh, has Ninja in it. Uh, yeah, they, they added him. I think they added him as a character, but I just remember the uh, the ad where he's being you know added to the game, like that type of stuff. You mean? 
Oh yeah, yeah, and I gotta, I gotta give um. Well, it, yeah, not only being added to the game, but yeah, the ads featuring those spots. I need to give Raid a shout out. <laughs> they actually are amazing. What I, I remember, one of our creators, Lex, he made an integration. You know, the sixty to ninety second spot that was going to appear in one of his normal mm -hmm. YouTube videos for Raid. I had no. I was like, Lex, you've lost your mind. I, there's no chance that this is going to be approved. I forget what the content was inside of it, but it was it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. They approved it. They said, let's do it. We love it. They're actually had their team. They need to get credit for actually like letting embracing the meme of Raid Shadow Legends and like uh, letting creators go free <laughs> with it. So, shout out to Plarium. Oh, Pl Plarium is is I mean their marketing organization is is yes, well if not you know if not the best in the business, but definitely in like top five. It's an amazing company and uh, and what they've done. I mean, yeah, all their ads, everything. I mean, you know, what can you say about Plarium? They're amazing. Crazy. Um, <laughs> okay, so. Last one before I let you go. The the most triggering topic, blockchain gaming. <laughs> What's going on with this? You know, there are companies that are dying to get these crypto bros to spend millions of, <laughs> on GPEGs, aka NFTs, aka yep. PFPs, <laughs> uh, for games that are still so far away from launching, just, you know, on a whim of a roadmap that may or may not be true. So have you seen blockchain companies using influencers to generate hype for the upcoming drops yes definitely but it's like it's way different than what i'm used to so i'm used to with mm -hmm. developers that we've worked with um they they actually like the audience that they want versus some of these like play to earn and like blockchain gaming projects are way different for you know take for example uh, everything that we've just talked about like when they they want to actually like the people that we work with right now for like, let's call it like, I don't know, web two publishers, developers, like they want actual players who are corely going to play their game and stick around for the long term. It feels like for these projects that are being released, it's not about like actually th that they're targeting someone completely different. They're targeting whales and people who want to like financially speculate on these projects um, and not yes. people that are actually going to play their game and stick around for the long term. So instead of seeing promotions on YouTube and Twitch, for example, where most games go to these blockchain games are being promoted through Twitter and discord. And actually they're using like different uh, subsects of creators. They're not even really using gaming creators because their audiences, unless the game is similar to their audience, their audiences are so much different. They really want to get those whales and the speculator for the titles. So for us, you know, we've started, first of all, for me, like my personal take is I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on mobile games and digital ownership. If that's a thing, you know, uh, and I could sell my Clash Royale cards to someone else at some point or trade them, but I'm all in. Mm -hmm. Count me in. I love that. You know, if that's possible within the game's economies to have that ownership, trust me. You know, Forbes wrote an article on me at one point because they read an Reddit AMA that I spent so much money on the game. Like, I uh, I would love to return <laughs> some of that at some point when it right. comes to you, these titles. But let's be honest. You also made money off the game. Oh, <laughs> so it's, it's a, a business expense. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. a business expense 10 out of 10 times. Exactly. Um, but, but, yeah, so, like, I'm super into that. But for now – with the current projects and like the state of these projects, a lot, it's a lot less about the games. It's a lot more about hype. It's a completely different audience, but I, I'm sure at mm -hmm. some point, especially over the next couple of years, and we've seen, like we talked to some of these devs uh, pretty frequently and we've seen some amazing projects, some that we've actually even like made investments into that we think in the future are going to be um, really interesting and impactful games and titles. But for now, like um, we're sort of standing on the sidelines as far as like, um, you know, what we do and how we relate to these games or even our influencers relate to these games. I do think we're in a unique position because a lot of what we do with these like called web two publishers, 
in theory should be really similar to what some of these like play to earn and web three developers want. They want creators, they want community. They want that even like these, the creators and community and their games are actually their investors. Like that's going to be even more valuable to them. So in theory, mm -hmm. that's like what they should want. And a lot of what we do transfers really well into this area. But for right now, because the games aren't playable and the games, you know, the quality just isn't there. And the audiences that they want are mm -hmm. so different. Um, we just sort of have to wait until like the, in my mind, we have to wait until the like you know the smoke clears and some of these projects that like are super badass games that happen to be built around NFTs are are there. I can I can just happens. summarize this. You're not doing blockchain gaming promotion now yet because you have integrity. You've built the business that is sustainable, and you don't want to scam people. <laughs> so yeah. But in the future, I, I agree. I'm I'm there with you 100. Like what what we're seeing right now is the first wave, and and pretty much everybody with a brain agrees that 99 of this garbage is going to go to zero because it's just speculative uh, and and nobody really cares what the quote unquote game is. They just care about the, uh, the value going up and they can sell at some point and they don't care if the game ever even comes out. And the influencers for them are, as you said, influencers on Discord, influencers on Telegram, influencers in real life, like OBJ has a, has a kind of an NFT yes. or Elon Musk has the new babe, board ape and some some you know stuff like that so so they're yeah. looking those are kind of like their influence at the moment but uh, but if you I want gamers call us we'll be here yeah yeah and, and i i think it's gonna get there but we're so early and the amount of investment these companies have raised is just it's kind of being forced on everybody when it's not ready yet and um you know in few years in few years oh i i've been told everyone's telling me like you need to create a a five five page deck with one like uh one art model of a character and say you're building a web three game at tribe and you guys would you know <laughs> it would be insane but yeah i think we're waiting to see like the dust settle we there's some projects we we do like um but they're still like you know in development and mm -hmm. um you know still to be seen exactly like how the yeah. game is actually gonna gonna be but when it comes to like current projects that are you know saying all these things about how their game is gonna end up or what it's gonna be, i don't know there, there's a right and wrong way to do it and there's a lot of people that are doing it the wrong way so we, we don't yeah, want to we want to reduce our you know involvement yeah. until it's a little bit clearer and there's a lot of risk as well uh when it comes to minting these nfts like you might have to pay a transaction fee you're not actually not going to get the nft like all this kind of a nonsense that you just don't want to be a part of like you don't want your two axes being tarnished by by this <laughs> by the scammy nature of uh of blockchain gaming until it evolves to a point where it's actually sustainable and, and yeah I, again, bullish on digital ownership. Uh, I'm not a developer, yep. so I don't know like exactly how these economies will work. But in theory, like I, yeah. I understand. Again, oh, it's easy. Out, I can sell my cards. Super easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, I'm bullish in a lot of ways, but at the same time, I understand there's a lot of there's a lot of trash floating around. And uh, yeah, we are gonna we're gonna take our time. And and once yeah, they're targeting gamers and not people who you know just want to buy and flip. Then we're all in. Maybe awesome. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all right chief pat the floor is yours do you want to promote anything uh regarding tribe uh regarding yourself uh anything like like what do you need the uh, the audience is listening okay first of all you guys you need to if you haven't subscribed already to the deconstructor of fun podcast you need to do that right now how's that for a plug hook it by up the, by the way, the man. spot spot Sponsored by Google. Hey, <laughs> so, so. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Good job, Google. Um, yeah, so shout out to you. Shout out to your pod. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, like for anyone who just wants to reach out, pat at tribegaming.gg. Um, shoot mm-hmm. an email if you're, no matter who you are, like super interested to hear your take. Always down to chat, whether you're, you know, maybe an indie studio or some major company or whoever else, like love just meeting people and saying hi, but not, um, yeah, that's it. That That's all. I, I mean, follow me on Twitter, do your thing by all means, but mostly follow, follow Mishka and shoot me an email. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Pat. You're the man. Uh, it's It's been amazing to uh, like, not amazing. Amazing is the wrong word. It's too American. <laughs> it's been inspiring to, because I haven't like followed you closely, you know, just, just seeing like chief Pat here, chief Pat there, but now kind of like inspiring from like the first time I saw you to like hearing about the organization that you've built and the mogul that you've become and the mogul that you will be even, even bigger one with, uh, with the silk robe and the parrot on your, <laughs> on your shoulder uh, and a new set of hair. Like I'm super excited about, about the, uh, about the short term future gains that are going to, uh, come, come your way. So, uh, very inspiring, inspiring stuff. And, um, yeah, check out chief Pat, check out tribe when you're launching your game, when you're scaling your game, talk to these guys, they do, they do proper campaigns. They help, Big games become massive. So, That's what I'm talking about. On Again, that note, you're doing my YouTube intros and outros. <laughs> uh, all right. On that note, thank you everybody for listening. Thanks to Pat, Patrick Carney. It was a pleasure. Bye bye, everybody. Uh-